ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my gorgeous woman. So I've shared before, but in case you're new here or you just forgot, let me remind you that I have been desperate my whole life to fit in with other women. It started when I was a little girl and I switched schools between third and fourth grade. And I went to the new school in fourth grade and it was the first time that I felt like I didn't fit in because the girls took dance from someone named Miss Barbara and I took dance at the Jewish Community Center. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but like it just didn't sound as cool as Miss Barbara. Didn't sound as fancy. And the other girls were like guest jeans and I didn't and I somehow like knew that and I started what became a lifelong pattern of desperately wanting other girls and other women to see me and to like me and it still remains like my biggest Achilles heel like I'm still like do you all like me right like that can still show up and it's why I preach sisterhood around here Because I want to be a place where women feel included and where you know you have a home and that literally you will not be left behind because I felt like I was and I even participated in some mean girling so that I could fit in when I was younger. And I'm not proud of it, but what came out of it was me being so obsessed with creating the kinds of sisterhoods that I have always wanted, the kind of sisterhood where we call each other or text in the middle of the night like is it too late to get frozen yogurt (laughs) and where we talk about changing the world and let's face it the world is pretty fucked up right now i mean it just feels like every day things are getting worse when there's another shooting with 10 year olds being killed or roe v wade being reversed rights being taken away people banning books about puberty, and it's just blowing my mind. And I've started to become more clear that I and we not only need other women and sisters, soul sisters, for the kind of kinship and connecting over a cup of coffee, or froyo as it might be, but to actually come together and change this world. That the only way that things are going to be changed is if we do it together. And so my dear friend, my soul sister, one of my mentors, my colleague in this quote unquote industry or this sacred work in changing the world, Kelly Mahalik and I got together to say, what can we do? And the more we talked about it, the more we're like, sisterhood is the medicine. And last night we held a sisterhood event. It blew our minds. We are hours past that sisterhood event. We had like 175 women sign up. Actually, women are still, they signed up overnight for the free event that is already over. And about 50 women showed up online. And others were messaging me all day saying, oh my gosh, I'm in the Netherlands. It's too late, but I'll get the recording. And woman after woman on this incredible call, I mean, women stayed for more than 90 minutes were saying how much they crave this kind of sisterhood. And so hours later, I'm like, Kelly, get your ass out of bed and let's talk sisterhood for the podcast today. So I am so honored to welcome my ride or die, my sister, Kelly Mahalik, to the Purpose Girl podcast so we can talk everything about sisterhood and our own experiences in sisterhood and healing our own sisterhood wounds and the kind of incredible sisterhood that she and I have created and it's not all been easy and to share with you what happened last night and 
to give you an opportunity to finally get the kind of cheerleading and the kind of women in your life that you deserve. And so I'm so excited to welcome Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Morning voice and all. I know. Last night was like ridiculous. It was so good. It was so good. And I like I just couldn't fall asleep. I was up so late because I just had so much excitement and energy coursing through me. I know. I felt the same way. So I ended up being up all night, like, I don't know, for a couple of hours doing random stuff on Twitter. First, I was like, you know, girl fanning you and like, oh, what has Kelly posted lately? Even though like I talked to you three times yesterday, right? It's like, oh, well, let me fangirl her and see what you're right. And fangirl the women who were there because there were so many women there. I don't know. I mean, I was blown away. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, what struck you the most, Cal, about last night? For me, it was just, I mean, part of it was just how many women showed up, how many women signed up, Mm. how many women actually came live and from all over. So for some of them, it was like the middle of dinner time that they were interrupting to come and be with us. For some of them, it was probably cutting into their nighttime Netflix and relaxation time. And they chose to spend that time with us. For some of them, it was the middle of the night and they chose to tune in anyways from bed. And just the the commitment to showing up and the hunger to be with one another that everyone mm. showed. I mean, it was so hard for me to even stay on track talking because the chat was just like going at it. <laughs> they were connecting in the chat about where they were living there. I'm like seeing out of the corner of my eye that they're exchanging information so that they can hang yeah. out. And like, it was so amazing that like instantly in literally just a matter of minutes because the whole thing only lasted a little over 90 minutes, which in one sense is like, wow, they actually stayed with us for 90 minutes because and a little longer because as someone who hosts free events like this often, it is fairly typical that about around the hour mark, that last half hour, people start dropping off because we have lives and things to do. And if you're any type of neurodivergent like me, like you have a short attention span and like an hour was pushing it anyways. And so the fact that they stayed, but like really it's also not that much time, especially virtually. So the fact that they really connected and like made the connections and we're making friends Mm. and we're making plans and we're like, this is my Instagram, follow me here and all of that. in such a short amount of time is just such proof that community and sisterhood is something that not just it's not just you and me being like, why do I feel like I'm just doing all of this alone, building my own little lonely empire, doing my own thing? Like, I want to be doing this like with people. I want to be in it with people. We're not the only mm. ones. And these amazing humans proved that to us last night. Yes. I so, so feel the same way. I just kept seeing person after person like nodding and saying, I crave this, I crave this. You know, the world is so fucked up. Tell me about it. (laughs) It's just getting worse and worse. And before I became a mom, I used to wonder like, why is every mom running around like a chicken with her head cut off alone? Right? Like, Why in every house, and it might be dad and dad and dad or whoever it is, but like, is everyone just in their own house, packing their lunches, getting everybody off to school, getting to work, coming home, making their own lasagna, and then like needing to do it all over again the next day. I'm like, I don't understand why we don't assign one person each day to make all the lunches, right? Like if I got together with everyone on my block and it was like, today is your lunch day. And, you know, and someone assigned and I need to pack 20 cheese sandwiches. And I know there's going to be a lot of variations with these kids, but whatever, you get my point. It would free up the other moms. Then the other four days a week, I get time off. And I just feel like that's how the world used to be before any of it, before our mothers, before our grandmothers. Like, I just figured that that's how it had to be thousands of years ago. And that that is still in our bones and still in our cells craving this. Yeah. 
because it feels so I feel totally alone a lot. Yeah. And actually, like if we look back historically, this kind of super individualistic existence really didn't start until probably really got solidified into culture in like Western culture in I would guess maybe the 50s is when like it really started being like hyper individualistic, right? But we also know that a lot of the super moms and the June Cleavers and things in the 50s were like secretly on speed. And we're we're, right. And so that's how they were getting everything done. And we're like, how did they get everything done? And it's because like they were on drugs. Like, and that's like the real truth. But before that, looking back, you did have communities where people were living together and doing things. And even if it was just not necessarily division of labor, but there was doing labor side by side, it was, I'm going to come to your house and we're going to make all the cheese sandwiches for all the kids together. Or we're going to stand out in the backyard and we're going to do the laundry and hang it. And we're going to have conversation while we're doing that. Or when I'm sick, you're going to watch my kid. Who was watching kids back then? Are we even, like, joking? (laughs) Nobody's watching the kids. Because I know, like, at least when I was little, like, I was maybe nine years old and I could have been five miles away from the house in a ditch somewhere and my parents wouldn't know till I didn't come home for dinner. For dinner. (laughs) Right? My kids and I recently watched The Goonies and they were like, where are the parents? (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, it was the 80s. It was right? a different time. Like, it was like, see, right, eight but hours, it was see like eight hours. So, right. So you didn't have the like helicoptering of parenting that we have now where parents have to be on all the time. And like the rise of the Pinterest parent where like you not you have to be with your kid. You have to entertain your kid. You have to do arts and crafts with your kids. And you have to take care of the house. And you have to take care of all of the food. And like... Most of us have to live in dual income households. And so we also have to be working. So it's like the actual amount of labor is coming up and only growing, 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 growing for everyone. But also we used to live in communities and in multi-generational households. There was a reason why you Mm. lived with your parents or your in-law, your brothers and sisters and things like that and why kids didn't move out the day they turned 18 and go away to college and things like that, they stayed and they worked in the family and they helped. And we just don't, it was never actually supposed to be this hyper individualistic where it's like, it's all on one or two people, generally one or two adults to take care of all of the things for all of the people with no real support or help from anyone. We don't know our neighbors. A lot of our friends live far away. We scatter all over because we have to go where the jobs are. Same with our families. We're all just like uprooted and alone in life. Right. And because we want to live somewhere else because we want to live somewhere cool or interesting or wherever. Right. And so like more choice is wonderful. And we actually know from the research that if you have too much choice that you actually become miserable. It's a paradox. And as we're talking about this, it's like, I feel that way, you know, I live here as a mom without any family around us. And I would love for my mom to be here. And for a few reasons, one, yeah, to take my son a couple times a week. And because then we could sit and we can have a cup of coffee and we could talk. And it's this talking thing. Like I grew up and my grandmother would play mahjong. My Bobby, I called her Bobby in, in Yiddish, right? Avi. Um, and she would play mahjong and... I would kind of fake calling out of school sick a lot, probably because I just wanted the girls to like me and they didn't. It would be, I would go to my Bobby's house and there were she and her three girlfriends just smoking like fucking chimneys, playing Mahjong. And I loved it. The dream. The dream. I want to sit around and smoke cigs and drink coffee (laughs) and play Mahjong. And play Mahjong. Right? I mean, it was like they were representing what I so badly wanted in school and didn't have. You know, and Kelly and I, for all of you out there, Kelly and I joke that we spent $50,000 to become good friends. And it's like a joke, but... It's not untrue. Not really. (laughs) It's not untrue. Because we joined a couple of women's programs where that's the equivalent. Actually, a little more than that is what Mm -hmm. we ended up... I think it was more like $56,000 is what we ended up paying. And that might sound insane to you. But I don't know about all of you, and I said this last night too, at the 
like at the playground yesterday, when I was around the other toddler moms who were talking about snacks and if their kids were like what hours their kids were sleeping and where they go to the pediatrician, which are all good conversations. Like I totally look up how many hours should he be sleeping and is there a different pediatrician? And like, uh, so those are not bad conversations, but at least at my playground, the women there aren't talking about, and how do we make the world better? The women there aren't talking about the pain that they're feeling from all of the fucked upness in the world. And the women at the playground aren't sharing their own personal pain of the, about their about their partnerships or about being alone and lonely or about like there's venting, but it's not they're not sharing and they're not sharing their dreams. Like no one's sitting around over goldfish crackers, at least where I live talking about their biggest dreams and their biggest desires and the things that we want to do in the world and the ways that we want to like change the world and our big like I don't know at least at my grocery store no one's in like you know the bread aisle being all witchy and I crave that and what's interesting is because the witches are in the spice aisle you're in the wrong aisle of the grocery store try the spice aisle a woman did that. What's funny is I said that last night and then this amazing, cool woman turns out she lives like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes from me. I'm like, wait a minute. You're the witchy woman in my neighborhood, right? But can, I could only find that by us creating this kind of event. And so meeting you has been worth every penny because you are that woman that whether it is talking about like, should I order Froyo? It's 10 o'clock at night. Yes, of course you should. <laughs> um, or like, how do we change this world? What can we do? What's the medicine that's needed now? Like, how are we going to repair things? How, how can we bring some magic and raise this vibration? Like, all of those conversations are the ones I want to have. Yeah. And Kelly and I came together. We've been kind of playing with ideas of working together for a while But the day that Roe v. Wade was reversed, I don't remember, we were talking, texting, and then we started talking, and you said to me... All of the above, I think. I think it was started with a text and then was like, can you talk? Like, we need to FaceTime. (laughs) I think we actually got on a Zoom. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Because we were just like, I need, like, I need you. Like it was a text, like, oh my God, like, are you, how are you? Are you like, like, I know, like, I know how (laughs) you are, but like, how are you? Like, are you surviving? Do we need to send in reinforcements? Like, like on what level of not okay, are you not okay today? Right? Um, Right. And then we like jumped on a Zoom to just be like, I don't even know, like, I cannot even, right, right? And it was just like that processing of just mostly I think we just stared at each other and we're like I like uh, 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 like I don't even have like the, the words right the, now because it was like so new it was so fresh I mean it was like 11 o'clock in the morning so like this had just you know made its way into our spheres and we were just so like I don't even know what to do and all I knew in that moment was that I needed to get on the Zoom with you because I couldn't hold it by myself. Like, all Mm. of it, just trying to hold all of it with, like, my kids all in the other room because my kids were home with me that day and they were, like, doing their things. And, like, me just sitting there trying to hold the weight of this, like, literally historical, right? This was, like, a history making day and trying to hold all of it like within myself and just process it all like in my bedroom while I also needed to like send my emails and like take my client calls and like you know like deal with like the house cleaners and like do all of the things that I needed to do that day I was like (sighs) and so I said to you I was like ugh because I knew we only had a limited amount of time in our day to be on the Zoom. I was like, I just wish I could get like everyone together. And like, I have half a mind to just like go on social media and be like, who wants to sit and process with me? Come on Zoom, because I needed it more than anything. And I knew that if I needed it, that other people needed it, because I knew I wasn't the only person sitting in their house feeling completely helpless. And like, what am I supposed to even do? I do not have a therapy appointment today. And that was really poor planning from like my higher self. 
Couldn't the Supreme Court have given us notice? Right. Shouldn't they have said, like, like, we are going to ruin your lives on this day. Please book your therapy appointments accordingly. And your child care. (laughs) Just another reason why half of them are jerks. Okay. Because they're men. So they do not understand (laughs) that we need time. That, like, had I known, I would have, like, booked myself an Airbnb in the woods so I could have gone and, like, screamed into the abyss without my neighbors calling the police on me. Correct, correct, correct. And so I said that. I was just like, oh, I have half a mind to just like tell everyone, like, here's my Zoom link. Meet me later tonight after we're all done working. And like, let's just be together. I don't even have a plan, but can we just be together? Because I don't know that I can hold this alone. And you said, well, I can do that with you. And I was like, wait, I don't have to hold that alone? You mean I don't have to hold Mm. any of this alone? Like, not even the gathering of the people? And I was like, immediately, yes, sister. If we're doing this together, then I can do it. And it was just like, it was such a beautiful moment that actually was an analogy for so many other moments in my life where it was Mm. like, I want to, I have this idea, I have this thing, I want to do it, but I don't know. It feels like a lot of work. Like, what if nobody shows up to my book club or to, (laughs) right? Like, all of the things and all of, like, the doubts and then someone, some sister coming alongside of me and saying, like, you don't have to do this alone. I'll do it with you. I'll hold your hand. We'll hold it together. And that being the thing that goes like, oh, right, because I'm not supposed to be doing any of this alone. We're supposed to be doing it together. And it's better. Yes. It was 10 times better because we did it together. 10 times. 10 times. And it was times. a beautiful evening. It, oh, my gosh. That night, like, thank goddess you brought that up in our call that day because that night there were, I don't know, 15, 20 women gathered and... It was so raw and real and beautiful and divine. Women sharing their own stories vulnerably about their own, the times in their lives when they or someone that they loved needed choice for a variety of reasons, medically and otherwise. And women sharing their rage and or their grief and just being speechless. And it was women from all over the world. I mean, it wasn't just Americans. There were women from other countries who were like, it's the middle of the night for me and I'm here just to support my American sisters so that you don't have to do this alone. And it was so beautiful and we cried and I know we laughed because there were stories that were like, had some humor and some deliciousness in it. And we danced and it was so incredibly healing. And that was a real moment for me, and I think I can say for us, where we were like, oh, right, this is what we need to do right now. Yeah. Because we've all been in our own fiefdoms, like in our own house, running the household, and it gets so lonely. And we're all like, Kelly and I each, you know, we're entrepreneurs, we're we're coaches and we're healers. And in order to pay the rent, you know, in order to put food on the table, we're entrepreneurs, right? But we're each, it's like trying to build our own thing independently and that's not what's needed right now i mean each of us yes i want you to live your purpose and i want you to like yeah get out there and do your thing but it is going to be 10x to use that term it's just it's going to be amplified and you're going to have the courage and the confidence to do it when we do it together yeah we shared the story last night we were just on retreat together in california and i had a moment i've been going through if you listen to last week's episode, I shared a bit of like an existential crisis that I've been having, a real like, who am I? And it's been beautiful to come out the other side of it. If you haven't listened, go listen to that episode. But it's been hard. And we went on this retreat and we knew in advance that we were going to have a photo shoot, like yay, be a model, so fun. At least for me, I love photo shoots. We were going to have a photo shoot with Gabby Bernstein's photographer. And if you know anything about self-help, you know, Gabby Bernstein is one of the biggest names in self-help. And this to me felt like a big deal. And now I'm like, whatever. But I, at the time, like the little girl inside me was like, Gabby Bernstein, kind of like I was about the girls in fourth grade who went to dance with Miss Barbara, right? Like I was like, this is right. So that little girl in me. And I've really been going through, had been going through this rough time because if you listen to that episode, you'll hear that family members were being really cruel to me. And so 
I sit down with the photographer and she just wants to like get to know me for five minutes before she starts taking my picture. And she's like, so tell me about you. And I just break down crying. I'm like, I don't know who I am. I don't know. And I'm this and I'm that. And I'm going through this thing. And then I was embarrassed that I did this, right? And thank the freaking Lord for Kelly Mahalik because she comes over to me. She like, I don't know if you placed your hands on my head or on my cheeks or whatever, my shoulders. And you were like, sister, you are the goddess. You are the goddess of goddesses. You are the woman on purpose. You are the, it was like, you just, I couldn't even tell you exactly what words, but like you just reminded me in that moment of who I am, that I am not that little girl who was vying to be cool or popular, but that I am the powerful woman, the queen that I am. It was, it was everything. And then I was able to like get dressed, get the makeup on and go have this awesome time doing a photo shoot. And then getting to cheerlead you, Cal, and doing yours and all that. And then, so we go through this whole day. And at the end of the day, I'm exhausted. And so I took a nap. And everybody was getting ready for a cocktail party that night. And when I heard everybody gathered for the cocktail party, I came out and my dress was on inside out. And (laughs) Kelly sees me and I'm like, oh, wait, my dress is on inside out. So I took it off just to go to the bathroom. And I came out of the bathroom naked. And Kelly was like, yes, sister. (laughs) No other reaction you'll ever get from me when you're naked. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And like, you were like, yeah, that's my Karen Rockind, right? Like, and so I just came and it was a moment of like, yeah, I felt like a queen. And so I attended the whole cocktail party naked and felt so in my body, so comfortable, so sovereign. And it's like, that's, that's what you do for me, Kel. You straighten my crown. You remind me of who I am. And that's the kind of sisterhood. And I, I've had sister wounds. I know you've had sister wounds. Recently, we've both had sister wounds. Yeah, like it doesn't end when you leave high school. <laughs> no, no. I'm 47, almost 48, and recently had a really painful experience. And that's why I am so committed. I know we are so committed to creating this safe sisterhood. Something else happened, we shared last night, really funny in Napa. I feel like we have to tell them about Shay. I mean, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Do you want me? So before this photo shoot, I'll just set it up. Before the photo shoot, Kelly gave us all homework the night before. Well, I mean, it was a photo shoot. And I thought that everyone should be looking their like glowy, most refreshed, most ravished self. So I told everyone that I wanted them to have three orgasms uh, between the time we left uh, that party that night, which was fairly late, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and the photo shoot in the morning. So they had about 12 hours to get it done. And of course, all of the women who we were doing photo shoots with, they were like, done and done. Um, I think one was like, wow, three in 12 hours? Like, that sounds like a lot. And I was like, you can do it. I believe in you. And if you can't do three, like, I'm not like going to like come and stand over your bed with a vibrator, like, like trying to force and like make sure like this is a like you, you do you. But like, I'm just lovingly pushing you to like, ravish yourself like like let yourself receive pleasure and love and desire and like this is the energy we want to show up to these photo shoots mm-hmm. in right from yourself by the way i'm the only one who came with a partner yes, everyone so else was by themselves it was like, do this by yourself yes. right right and so karen was like okay like great and like josh will send you a personal like we'll send you a thank you note and a gift but also um shay's here which is Karen's, like, <laughs> two-year-old, right? And so it's like, um, I don't know. We are in, like, a tiny hotel room, and, like, he's in, like, a pack-and-play, like, exactly how I'm going to manage, like, three orgasms. Like, right? Like, we might... We could do right, one like, in one the middle of the we night. we can probably handle while he's sleeping, but, like, he wakes up very early. And I said, well, great. My hotel room is literally next door, I will give myself three orgasms and then I will come and I will take your child and we will go eat pancakes and eggs for breakfast and you can get your orgasms in. And so the next morning we were texting and they went for a little family walk. 
I did my deed and got myself taken care of in my <laughs> glowiest, most beautiful, ravished place. And then I grabbed baby Shay and we went and we had pancakes and eggs. And then we took a little walk and we looked at cars and we got fruit cups and I snuck some chocolate chips into the fruit just to make sure he knew I was the best auntie. Um, and Karen and Josh got to... I got my two more orgasms in and I felt so dewy and so yummy when I showed up and there was my child eating chocolate chips for breakfast. And of course I loved it, I was cracking up, right? It was so great. And of course he loves his Auntie Kelly. And it was like, so yes. Yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. Yes. Yeah, like why wouldn't your friend take your kids so that you and your husband have sex? Right, exactly. But meanwhile, again, why we paid $50,000 to be friends with each other, because again, at my playground, no one's talking about having sex. And why aren't we? Like, I want to be with a group of women where we talk about all of it. Yeah. And we talk about if we're having trouble orgasming or we need support or what are your favorite vibrators or... Wow, I you know, I'm not as luby as wet, I guess is the word, as I used to be, right? I'm perimenopausal and like and I want all of the conversations, right? Yeah. From how do we uplift the world when rights are being reversed to hey, I'm gonna watch your kid while you go have orgasms. And I think the moments that we've had And there are other moments that I think we should share as well. But it's like really led me to get so clear that it's the joy in sisterhood that is the revolution. Like all of us coming together, something we did last night actually I thought was really powerful. Like we were talking about how this world is not the world that we want our kids growing up in. Hell no. Right, like (laughs) you use the example where a child has to wear a bulletproof vest. To school yeah. or a bulletproof backpack, I think is what yeah. you said. And like women were sharing that this is like the biggest nightmare. This is not the world that they want their kids growing up in. And so actually women started sharing in the chat the kind of world that they do want to live in. Mm-hmm. One where people are free to be their true selves and that there is equality and that everyone gets fed because we have enough money to feed all the humans. I mean, there's enough money in the world. There's enough food in the world for everybody to be fed. And that if conscious women were sitting around the board table, <laughs> if there was one board table, right? And conscious women, like all of you listening to this, and we all got together and we were like, all right, what are we going to do about educating all of our kids? What are we going to do about feeding all of our kids? What are we going to do to protect our kids from shooters in schools? I, I the whole world would change. Imagine a world controlled by matriarchy instead of patriarchy. Mm. It's a world I want to live in. And where we're doing it in that kind of joyful, it doesn't all have to be so serious. It's like the matriarchy part of it comes. And I've been reading about ancient civilizations that did worship the goddess, mm. like before Judeo Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's called When God Was a Woman. And many, many, many cultures were matriarchies and worshiped the goddess because we gave birth to the entire community. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And women in their sensuality and sexuality was actually revered and was sought after for fertility and so many different things. And so I was just struck when so many women last night were sharing the vision of the world that they want to live in. And it was like, oh my goddess, this is what we want to co-create. Yeah. And it's so much bigger than any one of us, right? When we asked women Mm. that question, no one was like, I want to do this with my life and achieve this thing of status, right? Like, I want to make this much money. I want to have this kind of business. And we know that, like, our own individual lives and works and purpose play into that. But we Mm. took it bigger and wider than that. It wasn't about 
initially, like, what is it that you want to do and achieve in your life, right? It was like, what is this world that we want to create? And that's something that I've been thinking about a lot over the last few years is the idea of legacy and of my Mm. responsibility as a will-be ancestor. Mm. That when I think back to the people who I honor and respect and revere in the way that they showed up and affected change in the world in really big ways where they're famous and then I know that there are so many millions of women who created change whose names we will never know Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. weren't on the big stage. They didn't get the press. They didn't get the fanfare, right? But the women who raised the people, the mothers and the aunties and the mentors of the people whose names we do know, right? And that like, what is my part in that? And when I close my eyes and I imagine like all of the women who came before me, who shaped my life individually and who shaped the world that we live in, the suffragettes and, you know, Mm -hmm. the second wave feminists who fought so hard to get us where we are today. And I think about them all sitting in a room and me here, in this life, in this time right now, and that one day I will step out of this plane and I will join them as an ancestor. And what is the world I'm leaving behind? For my daughters, yes, because I have biological daughters and maybe I might potentially have grandchildren. Like, I don't know. That will be their choice. Hopefully, I pray that I leave them behind a world where they have a choice as to whether or not they choose to have children. Mm. But even... Mm. The children of all of our children, right? Like, I think Glennon Doyle says it best when she says there's no such thing as other people's children, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, what is the world I'm leaving behind for baby Shay? What is Mm. the world that I'm leaving behind for everyone? And what is my part in making sure that I leave behind a world that's better, an inheritance for the future that's better than the one that I got because I don't necessarily feel like I was given a world to inherit that was better than the world that my parents lived in, right? And I know a lot of millennials um, and probably like younger Gen X feel that way. And I know definitely all the Gen Zs, if there's any youngins listening, you definitely feel that way, (laughs) right? And like that, so taking that and thinking like, I am like one day I will be an ancestor, And Mm. what does that mean for me? And knowing that change happens um, on a micro level, right? It's always good to have the mouthpieces and the faces of movements and like the really big things. And some of us, probably few of us, are actually called to that, right? Um, And so I know that there's so many women who are like, but I don't feel like... I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be on in magazines. I don't want to be on television. I don't want to have a podcast. I don't want to write a book. Like, I don't want to have a big social media presence. So, like, what does that mean for me? How do I change the world if, like, I don't want to go out and be, like, the next whoever to, like, affect change on a large scale? But the reality is, is that most change happens on a very small individual level and on the local level. So it's about, mm. like... You got to step into the change by taking a seat on the PTA and advocating for different procedures and solutions and plans when it comes to gun violence in school. You get to affect change by running for city council or by supporting somebody who's running for city council. You get to affect change by making a casserole and taking it to your neighbor and saying, hi, we have lived next to each other for 12 years and we have never really had a conversation. Like, can I come in and eat cheesecake with you? And can we get to know each other? Because I think we're stronger together. You get to change the world 
by changing the conversations you're having with your kids, changing the conversations that you're having at the holiday dinner table, changing the conversations you're having at the water cooler, saying, no, actually, that's incorrect. That's misinformation. This is what's true. Actually, no, that was racist. That was homophobic. That was transphobic, right? We're not talking like that here. Like this is, it's in those moments that are equally important to the like the big things and everyone has a role and so what was so beautiful last night was that we were dreaming up this bigger world first of like what do we want that world to be and then it was like okay and where do you fit into that whether that's like in your own home or your neighborhood or your workplace or whether that is some big wild dream that like you want to start a nonprofit foundation that is going to help x amount of people and affect this wide change like no matter where you are on the spectrum like your place is important and Mm. like we want to partner with you and support you in doing that, because just like I didn't want to host the Roe v. Wade event alone, right? Or how many times I think of, Karen, have we sent each other things we've written and been like, ah, I wrote this and I kind of want to post it out on the internet, but like also I'm freaking out and want to like throw up and have diarrhea thinking about like (laughs) people reading this and like, ah, you know, and like all it takes is a like, oh, sister, yes, yes. This is what the people need to hear. This is you. Like, this is the thing. And then it's like, oh, okay, you're right. I'll totally post it. (laughs) Yes. And like, this is what you need to do, whether people respond or not, for your own crown, right? Like, yes, 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 yes. And it's so powerful. Like, this is what I was just blown away by last night. Because we haven't all had those experiences. Yeah. Right? We've had difficult sisterhood experiences. Mm -hmm. But when you have a when you have beautiful sisterhood experiences, like there there is no limit. There is not one seat at the board table. We make our own board table. Right. Like we bought the table. We (laughs) bought the table. We created the room. We built the house. And like, you know, it blows my mind. Women make the majority of purchasing decisions. If we all just decided we weren't going to buy from assholes anymore, everything would change. If we just decided we weren't going to buy into the misogynistic bullshit, they would start. It was like everything would change. And I think this is, I mean, you said last night, that's why they don't want us gathering and having conversations. Because if we all start going, oh, wait a minute, you you were sold that bag of shit too. I was leading a retreat. And this... (laughs) And, and it was a retreat. We do not get naked at all my retreats, although you are welcome to if you want to. But this was one women came and knew, like, there's going to be an opportunity to really, like, be in my nakedness if I want to, just in order to start loving my body. It was an opportunity. And women were sharing what they didn't like about their bodies and why they felt this way. And one woman said, when I was a little girl... The kids would tease, the boys would tease and say, my boobs weren't big enough to hold a pencil. And that that is how you know if you have good boobs, if if your breasts can hold a pencil together. And this other woman said, oh my God. And in my school, I was made fun of because my boobs were too big. And they said that you're not supposed to hold a pencil. Your boobs are good if you can't hold a pencil. So each one, one with smaller breasts, one with larger breasts, thought that their boobs were not acceptable because of the same stupid pencil test, but interpreted in different ways in different parts of the country, which just goes to show you that it's all a bunch of bullshit. But when these two women got together in the same room, they were massively healed, which means that the generations after them will be massively healed because they went, oh my God, there's no such thing as a pencil test. It's made up. And my boobs are beautiful. And your boobs are beautiful. And this is great. All boobs are beautiful. All boobs are beautiful. (laughs) And lack of boobs is beautiful. And like all of it, it's just, this is, this is the, it can only happen when we get together and we have beautiful, raw, real, witchy conversations. And it's why I'm so excited. Kelly and I, we've decided we're going to gather y'all in person (laughs) to do all of these things, to have the bigger conversation about what's the world we want to live in and to co-create it and like for each of us to put each other's crown on and tell each other how magnificent you are and hear each other's biggest dreams. Or if you don't know your your dreams or you're like, I don't have, it's not for me about big dreams. It's about the big thing of saying the, the truth at the holiday dinner table when people are being racist. Like 
we're going to come together and support each other in our voice and in our brilliance and in our beauty. And we're going to have a freaking fucking blast. So we're gathering all the women because on October 18th, it is Women's Happiness Day. And that is a holiday I made up, I created <laughs> when I went through my second miscarriage at 43. And I felt like I didn't want to live anymore. I had already created Purpose Girl. I already had helped to change a lot of women's lives. But when I had that miscarriage, I just didn't want to live anymore. And I used all my tools that I teach in the Purpose Girl podcast and I teach in all my classes. But the biggest thing that healed me was sisterhood because my college girlfriends flew, they left their families and flew in to be with me. And because my one of my friends would send me a message and a meditation every single day because another one of my friends was at my door every day providing meals, providing her own mama breasts for me to lean into. Like women brought me back to life. And I went on a personal retreat just by myself. I rented a house in the woods and I just sat in meditation and I said, show me, show me what else I'm here to birth. And I had this image of a globe with women gathering in small groups all over the globe and I knew what I had to do. I created this holiday called Women's Happiness Day. And it was to eradicate the women's depression epidemic because twice as many women are depressed as men. A University of Pennsylvania study showed that women today are less happy than women were 30 years ago. We have more responsibility. We have more wealth, but we are more miserable. And like women are freaking awesome powerful, courageous. I mean, every woman I know has been through some sort of trauma, whether that is fertility issues, that is divorce, that is abuse, rape, violence in some way. I mean, it's like every woman I know gets up the next day and puts food on the table or goes to work or just, it's like we deserve to be in our incredibleness and to be in our full joy and our aliveness. And so one year after that miscarriage, it blows my mind. We had 99 events, small sisterhood events from a group of women that were Jewish and Muslim coming together in Jerusalem mm. and having a moment where they said, wow, we all are the same. To women in Singapore, to women in Auckland, New Zealand, to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And it was beautiful. And so we held that two years in a row, had almost 200 events. I did it totally nonprofit. I spent a lot of money just to be able to create these all over the world. And then COVID. And now that things have been opening up and with the world the way it is, and Kelly and I realizing sisterhood is the medicine that the world needs, that we personally need and every woman we know needs and that the world is really gonna change the world. We're like, let's do this. So in honor of Women's Happiness Day, the weekend before October 14th until 16th, we are gathering women for the first annual Women's Happiness Day conference. And it is going to be a weekend of coming together, of creating that vision for a better, bigger, more beautiful world, for the legacy we wanna leave behind, and really feeling into our own individual parts. And everybody last night was getting really excited about having a funeral for them, the parts of themselves that no longer serve them the fears or the doubts or the little girl inside of them so i think we're going to be incorporating that and of course we're going to be rising up and we're going to be dancing and we're going to be celebrating each other and we're going to be able to look in each other's eyes the way kelly and i look in each other and we're going to be like sister you are so beautiful you are so magnificent and here's what i see in you and it is going to be truly like changing the vibration of this planet coming together and it's going to be at the versace mansion because why wouldn't it be <laughs> and it's gonna be so fun and so glorious and women already from last night i woke up this morning and we already had registrations ah! amazing i know i was like ah the women are coming so we announced this last night we decided to come together and do this podcast this morning while we're still like teeth not brushed and makeup on still from last night so that we can share I'm literally all still with in, you. like clothes and makeup from last night like <laughs> totally like i feel hung over from all of the goodness, right? Mm -hmm. And all of the energy and the excitement and just seeing what happened last night virtually, thinking about then coming together and getting to experience that live because like joy is the revolution. 
Mm-hmm. Right. One of the ways that and I like I will forever go on like a tangent on patriarchy, <laughs> which I know you love, Karen. Right. I love but like one of the ways that patriarchy stays in control mm. is by keeping us depressed, distracted, right? And like overly busy trying to do all of the things and just feeling generally overwhelmed because then we're too exhausted to do anything else, right, outside of our main responsibilities. And we're way too exhausted to come together. But we know from our experiences, we've spent a lot of time together in person, right, at various retreats Mm -hmm. and just, you Mm -hmm. know, because you're, I'm based in Detroit and your family is here. So when you come into town and everything, we've spent a good amount of time. And there's just something that's so energizing about being together. Mm. And it's like, and getting to experience that over a whole weekend where we get to dance and we get to laugh and we get to cry and heal and we get to hold one another's faces cupped in our hands and whisper Mm. the truth of who you are into your like spirit and then we will get to plan and figure out like what our part is big or small and figure out like how are we going to go home and leave this place and actually like take all of the juiciness we created here and like bring that back out to the collective as we scatter back to where we came from and like how are you sister going to be by my side through that Mm -hmm. because the one thing I can say is we joke about paying $50,000 to become friends but in every container I've been in with you, I've also been in the same container with other women. And I've also mm. been in a lot of containers where you were not. And I cannot say that all of those women, that just buying into a container or paying to be somewhere doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you're going to meet your BFF for life and, like, everything is going to change. Like, sisterhood is the choice that we bravely showed up to in the good and the fun and the dancing and the laughter and the healing and the beauty and in the tough times, right, where we could have walked away. And so like this Miami is like an invitation to come and do sisterhood differently, to really come and say, like, this is what I'm committing to myself, and this is what I'm committing to all of you, and this is what I need from all of you, right, mm. in the ways that you and I have had to take decades to navigate to figure out how to create this type of connection with other women. Mm. That is so well said. Because it hasn't been easy. We've been in situations, you and I together, where there was a lot of rupture or some infighting amongst women. And you and I each have our own experiences of like having a hard time being around women, having wounds from being around women. Some some of you might be listening to this like, I don't want to be over a weekend with women. You know, that sounds like, ugh. And... And we get that. And the kind of experience, Kelly and I were together for a weekend and there was something that was triggering. And I was in the bathroom and she came into the bathroom with me and was like, sister, let's take some breaths. You got this. Right? Let's go back out there. You got this. And it was everything to me. And what I feel so confident in is how you and I hold sisterhood in this way. But it's even if it's not easy, we we are committed to a different way, which I really believe is the way that it was many, many years ago before we were pitted against each other. Yeah. And like returning to that. And, you know, I've just had this experience recently where women who were in programs of mine a year and a half or two years ago have been doing reunions because one came in from the Netherlands. And so different formations have been gathering because she was in several of my groups. So one group met in Connecticut, then one group met in in Philadelphia and one group. And like, they invited me. And so I went to a couple of these gatherings and seeing how they, these are women who wouldn't have known each other otherwise and have had other issues with being in women's groups. But having a safe container has has given them their best friends for life. 
and that they're still getting together two years later, even though they live on different continents. So that they could end up in my dining room last Thursday, where we were making s'mores on the gas stove and talking about how we're going to change the world. And it was like, so it was like the everything of everything. Like that joy revolution you're talking about. It really doesn't get any better than like it being, really doesn't get- being with women who see you and know you and love you like fiercely. Even with all your shit. Because you've seen all my warts. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's like, you still love me. I do. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I'm like, well, maybe now she won't love me. But like, that's the thing. And that's what we want to create. Because that's how you're going to come together for this kind of weekend in Miami. And you're going to be loved like that. And you're going to be seen like that. And then you're going to go home. And this has actually happened after my retreats before. And you're going to demand the raise. Mm-hmm. Right? Or you're going to speak up to your partner about something that's been on your mind and you haven't been saying. Or you're going to call out your brother-in-law when he makes a transphobic comment and you're going to say, we don't do that here. Because you're going to have the women, you're going to have had that support, had that courage, have that confidence. Or you're going to go open your Etsy store. One woman, I don't know if I ever told you this, Kelly, one woman left one of my retreats, went home and bought an RV (laughs) to travel the United States because that was her dream. And she, yeah. Here for it. (laughs) Yeah. So like, and it could be any of those examples, right? Yeah. One came to one of my retreats thinking she was going to come to divorce her husband. He even sent her a dozen roses (laughs) to the hotel room because he was so afraid of it. And she went home to say, let's change how we communicate. I mean, it can be the full range. Or you might come and divorce your husband, and that's okay, too. Right, either way, right? (laughs) I'm not saying we're not going to, like, convince you one way or another. It's more like helping you get into your own sovereign. That has happened, too. But when I once said that, yeah. You know, so it's like, it's coming into your own sovereign self. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do this together. And it's going to be everything from running into the ocean with all of your clothes on or none of your clothes on, whatever you want to having mocktails and cocktails with us at the cocktails. We're starting Friday night with a cocktail reception at my parents' condominium in Miami Beach, overlooking the bay, to being together all day Saturday in Versace's private dining room that people who go there, like even if people go there, they don't get to see that room. So you feel like a real goddess. And to co-create and envision this world and do what Kelly said, cup each other's face, and dance and identify the parts of you, whether it's fear or doubt, and have your sister support you in giving that part of you your funeral, to going to the beach that night and burning it up, (laughs) to howling at the moon, to laughing, to eating really good food, to all of it. And we're, we're so excited about it. So excited. And we can take 20 women in person with us and already spots are gone from last night. So y'all need to get on this. If you want to learn more about joining us in Miami, you can go to www.womenshappinessday.com. There should be a link in the show notes. And if you are listening to this, like as soon as it comes out right now, it is a uh, Thursday, July 28th. So we've got about 24 hours left to get a special offer. If you join before 5 p.m. on Friday, July 29th, then you can use code WHD111 at checkout to get $111 off and to get a super special invite to a private... Uh, cocktail hour with us before the main party begins on Friday evening so that you get a smaller, kind of more intimate gathering with Karen and I to come in, to settle into the group, to get introduced to us if you've not met either of us or one of us and meet maybe just a small handful of 
other women who are going to be there before the big group shows up and we get the party started. So again, that's www.womenshappinessday.com and code WHD111, uh, which is good until 5 p.m. Eastern on Friday, July 29th. Mm, I'm so excited. Me too. I like can't even stand it. I'm like, ah, oh, is it here yet? Is it here yet? Is it here October yet? October will not come fast enough. I know, I know. And there's good stuff between now and then. I'm off to Italy on Tuesday for the month, you know, like, and leading a retreat there. And like, so there is so much good stuff. And I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. And I'm so honored, Kel. I know you shared last night about your own tough stuff around sisters, around women. You were saying that it led you to like be friends with guys and dudes because they were easier. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like women were hard. Women hurt me. And I just realized early on, like middle school, that boys were easier. And so I was just mostly friends with boys. And so growing up and then working with women was like the great irony of the goddess. (laughs) Like, But I really do believe that so much of the fact that And the work that I do with women is the way that I show up in sisterhood and the way that I hold other women is because Mm. I was wounded so much. And so I, I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to be hurt by women. I know what it feels like to be terrified of being vulnerable. And so if anyone is hearing this and is like, I want to go, but that sounds really fucking terrifying. Like to go into a room of women, I don't know who are going to look at me, who are going to judge me, right? Whether if you think you're too old, if you think you're too young, if you think you're too fat, if you think that if you have a disability that you're afraid people are going to judge you for, if you're a trans woman, if you um, like whatever it is that is making you feel like, but will I be accepted? You will be. You already are accepted and Karen and I will make damn sure of that Um, because that's what everyone is coming for. Everyone is coming to be together. Everyone is coming to be seen and loved and I guarantee you every woman that walks in, including me and Karen, will have those same exact fears and you won't be alone and we will heal those together because you don't heal Mm. that stuff isolated in your room, staying away from sisters, staying away from the community. You heal it by so bravely showing up and saying, I know that there's an opportunity that I could get hurt here and I'm showing up. Anyways, here I am. Will you love Mm. me? And this weekend, we will all resoundingly, all 22 of us, I think it will be with Karen and I included, resoundingly say, Yes, sister, we see you and we love you exactly as you are. And you matter and you have a place in this world and you have a place in this revolution and in this work. And we are here to help you step into it. I I have no additional words. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes to everything that you just said. Yes, yes, yes. I love that you and I both had different stuff around women. Mine looked like, will you love me, popularity? But all of those experiences for each one of us is what led us right here. Yeah. And is what allows us to create the safe and sacred space. Because I've been in your spaces, Kelly. I've taken Kelly's classes before, and she creates sisterhood. Like, like no other. So we want you to join us. Like, seriously, sister, our hand is out. Take our hand and join us. And let's, as Taylor Swift says, have a marvelous time ruining everything. (laughs) And let's fucking do this. For ourselves, for each other and for the world at large. So go to womenshappinessday.com, womenshappinessday.com. If you want the $111 off and you want to come to the smaller, more private cocktail 
hour with Kelly and I, then sign up by Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, and reach out to either one of us if you have any questions. Best way is just team at purposegirl.com. And if you're like, oh, I don't know how to make it work financially or with my kids, like Kelly and I both have kids. Well, like Kelly's a single mom. We will help you figure this out. Yes. The world is trying to leave women out and we are trying to bring women in. So we will help you figure it out. Just any issues, any questions, you know, how can I figure it out financially? Like any of that, we are here to help talk you through and see what is possible. So contact team at purposegirl.com and join us. We can't wait to be with you. Callie, I love you so, so, so much. Thank you for coming on the Purpose Girl podcast and talking everything sisterhood with me. I love you. Thank you for having me. It is my honor. And can we learn to play Mahjong? Yes. Do you know how to play? I have no idea. Right. But it sounds so fun. Oh. <laughs> I'll meet you at the kitchen table. See you there with our cigarettes. <laughs> All of you out there, we hope you love this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast as much as we love doing it. Come to Miami. Join us in this revolution. Or at the very least, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave your five-star review. That's how we reach so many women around the world. Your reviews make a difference. Your sisterhood makes a difference. Join the Purpose Girls Facebook group because that's the other place you'll be the first to know when I'm doing events like this with Kelly or anything else in the world. And of course, share this episode with every woman you know. That's how we change the world one woman at a time. But really, it's time to change the world in a group of women at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself. And may you love life. Bye for now.